Welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary, the podcast that digs into the unusual, unorthodox, and downright unsettling beliefs found at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia. I'm your host, Dylan, and with me is the world-weary Brent and the, whoa, look, everybody, it's Forrest! All one word. All one word. One word adjective. That's not... That's not an adjective. <laughs> it's it is in this canon in the world of none dare call it ordinary. That is one adjective, and you guessed it, everybody. Forrest is back. He's fighting fit, and he is ready to record. Ready? Yes, I had a, a dark night of the soul. Dark but night of the soul. But now you're a golden soul. It was brutal. Everything's good. Ambiguous uh, medical issues and just waiting on some tests, but. Overall, I'm a thousand times better than when I first went in, so everything's good. That is that what is we good. love to hear. Yes. And besides Forrest uh, being alive, we have a few other announcements before we begin. <laughs> first, we have two more patrons. We have Poor Blorbulon, which is, ooh, that's fancy. And also... And also Laura. So thank you so very much. Uh, we uh, love your patronage. And if you would like to become a patron and get your own shout out for only $1 a month, head over to patreon.com slash none dare call it ordinary. Also wanted a reminder, we were able to keep everyone up to date with our recording schedule, which got a little bit mixed up because, you know, we wanted Forrest to focus on recovery and the best way to get our updates as to what's going on with the podcast and everything like that is on either Twitter at NDCIO or Instagram at none dare call it ordinary. Those are the best places to get the most up to date information on any kind of hiccups with our recording schedule or anything like that. And so what is it exactly, Dylan, that we're talking about today? Well, today is special. This is the last episode of our Aww. Alex Jones series. I know we're all <laughs> we're all sad to see him go, but it had to happen sometime, and we've got a lot to cover. So in this episode, we're covering the Obama years, kind of quiet time for Alex Jones. He didn't have too many opinions about um, our previous president. Uh, and that includes, unfortunately, the events of Sandy Hook. And then lastly, we're going to go into his seemingly incongruous attitude towards current president Donald Trump. Donald Trump, i.e. everything Obama was supposed to be, according to Alex Jones. Right. Well, we're going to let the listeners decide. Do your own research. You know, we'll <laughs> lay out our opinion, but you got to do your own research. So speaking of Obama, we're going to start where Alex Jones starts, and that is with his documentary, The Obama Deception. Ooh, spooky. Now let's, let's go back to that time, about 2009. So we had eight years of George W. Bush, and America was ready for a change. And we thought Barack Obama was going to be that change, but sadly, he was yet another puppet of the financial elite. Damn it. And, that sucks. And uh, Yeah, I know, I know. And Alex <laughs> Jones lets us know by putting up front in the camera Webster Tarpley. This, he's, this is one of the main, quote, experts in this documentary. And fun <laughs> fact, not mentioned in the documentary, is that Webster Tarpley is a dedicated LaRouchian. He Ooh, actually yes, ran he for the uh, New York Senate as, a, as part of the U.S. Labor Party. 
And one of his books was published by our friends Executive Intelligence Review. So oh. he is deep into it. And a little bit of it rubs off on Alex Jones, which is really interesting. So anyway, yeah, he, he also was instrumental in Lyndon LaRouge's totally not anti-homosexual AIDS epidemic quarantine thing. <laughs> I forget the name of the, uh, yeah, panic. the name of the pr- panic. Yes. <laughs> There's actually a video where uh, you can look up Webster Tarpley on YouTube and he talks about how AIDS can be spread in ways in which AIDS cannot be spread. And so that was a, and I know bet, where those guys coming from. I bet that video was completely accurate. Yes, it, af- absolutely. Do your own research. Check it out. You tell me. <laughs> Do your research. <laughs> so Webster Tarpley he tells us that the only people in Obama's circle are, quote, pure Wall Street, Wall Street finance oligarchs. According to Tarpley, there is no one in Obama's orbit at all from heavy industry, the auto sector, Silicon Valley, big oil, defense, labor, women, retirees or small business. It's all <laughs> Wall Street oligarchs. I mean, you know, I. That seems maybe a bit hyperbolic, but he seems real serious about it. (laughs) And to really Uh, further the influence of finance for Obama, there is another expert on the documentary, last name Humphrey. And he gives a breakdown of who the main European banks, European now, not no, no other descriptions, European banks. This is who they've backed. Over the last 200 years, this is like the highlights, according to Humphrey. You got Napoleon, and then Lenin, Stalin, Hitler, and then we jump to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and then right now, Obama. <laughs> like, that's it. That's the, the main the main people, the big fight, the big European banks have been into. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so Obama, you know, he's in the pocket of Wall Street. But really, Obama is in the pocket of the NWO. You know, it's the whole shebang. It's not just about money. It's about the satanic elite trying to depopulate the country. True. And this is one of the main claims of the Obama deception. It's that the New World Order needed a charismatic front man for all of their plans, and Obama was the perfect guy. They even bring, Alex Jones brings in KRS-One. I didn't see this coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the that. rapper yeah. KRS-One. He said that there was going to be a revolution uh, that was inevitable at the end of George W. Bush's term. But now that Obama is president, all the energy for such a revolution was just kind of went nowhere. Hmm. And as KRS-One puts it, Obama is just a, quote, black face on the (laughs) new world order. And, quote, KRS ain't buying it. You know, (laughs) doesn't he also say something like, you have to find the franchise owner. You can't just talk to the manager at McDonald's. Like, that's the politicians, the franchise owner. That's the Illuminati. I remember something That like sounds that. right. That sounds right. I think he does say something along those <laughs> yeah, lines. Really, and he is totally right. Really good analog, yeah. And then we have another um, icon of hip-hop, Professor Griff, formerly of Public Enemy, ah. also has a similar take on Obama, saying, quote, he's given a pass and the okay from certain secret societies. <laughs> Fascism needs a facelift. That facelift is going to be black. <laughs> Why are we making facelifts, Rachel? This is weird. Well, it's because it's calming the rubes. Mm. You see, they think, oh, Obama's charismatic. Mm-hmm. He's black, and so he's going to be cool. But really, he's just a Bilderberg shell. Now we have Tarpley again, and Tarpley informs us that Obama is promoted by the, quote, media horse. <laughs> 
He is a quote maximum puppet not seen maximum since the puppet. likes of one Jimmy Carter. <gasps> oh my God! Didn't he just have a birthday recently, which was very triggering for yes, me? Yes, October that on first. Disgusting. Ninety-five years young. Yeah, the very man who see, trained. I- <laughs> The terrorist attack on 9-11. That's that Jimmy Carter. Oh, that is. I don't know if our lawyers are going to let us say that, but let's <laughs> let's move on. Let's keep going. Yeah. And so uh, Tartley continues, quote, even if Barack Obama were the most wonderful person in the world, he was groomed and brought to power by the global elite to carry out their agenda. He was groomed. To this purpose. I don't know how long, like maybe since he was a baby in Kenya. We don't know. We don't know how long back it goes. And this is another theme is that presidents, they come and go, but it's the shadow government and their program of global enslavement that stays the same no matter who the front man happens to be. Well, see, people, you know, worry all the time about this, this shadow government. But, you know, the shadow government only has regulatory power of our shadows. So it's, it's we're fine. It's no big deal. Ooh, that's a good point. But how are you going to regulate the shadows without regulating the people? You got to do both. I think I think it can work with Peter Pan. Wasn't his shadow disconnected from himself? That's true. I think that's got to we got to incorporate Peter Pan now into this whole canon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how we're going to do it. But yeah, I think that's the way to go. So Okay, so we've made a lot of claims. What's the evidence? Well, when Obama was inaugurated, he merely replaced Bush's cabinet that was filled with trilateral commission people and Council of Foreign Relation people. He replaced them with his own people who were also part of the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, and the Council of Foreign Relations. Yes, it's like a swamp swap, if you will. Yeah, One just swap a for the swamp other. swap. We're just, you know, we had the nice little... uh fairy lights that all the millennials love around the swamp and we're just changing those and we think everything's all right so who are these diabolical scum that obama had in his cabinet well there's a bunch of them the following people are in all three groups bilderberg trilateral commission and the council on foreign relations so you can only imagine how diabolical they are um, and the first one actually is diabolical. It's Special State Department Envoy Henry Kissinger. Oh. Uh, we have Chairman of the Economic Recovery Committee Paul Volcker, Director of National Intelligence Admiral Dennis C. Blair, Security uh, Secretary of Defense Robert Gates, Deputy Secretary of Defense James Steinberg, Presidential Advisor Alan Greenspan, and State Department Special Envoy Richard C. Holbrook. They belong to all three of these groups. Damn, triple evil. Even worse. He triple evil. Even worse, though, State Department Special Envoy Richard M. Haas was the president of the Council on Foreign Relations. So, I mean, we are getting the purest essence of the NWO directly injected into Obama's cabinet. But that's, you know, okay, so that's. That's terrible. And one way this terrible rot has infested the Obama administration is the fact that Obama is a liar. And that's why this film is called The Obama Deception. You might have gathered that from the title of the (laughs) damn thing. And so at this point in the, quote, film, and we should reiterate that Alex Jones himself calls this a film. He's a filmmaker. And in the middle of the film, many times he actually advertises the film. Because his business plan is for people to buy it, copy it for their friends, and then they see the ads to buy like a fancier copy yeah. of well, the DVD. Need, it's like a criterion thing. You want you want all of the hand like the little inserts and everything. It's got like yeah, a poster. That could be it. 
the secret edition of the Obama deception where there's all like the director's commentary. That might have been it. That might have been how they got all these people. So let's go through some of these lies. First, Obama pledged within six months to bring Iraq troops home. That quickly turned into looking into bringing some of the troops home in 16 months. And then that turned into a 23-month plan. Hmm. Bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Obama also added 30,000 troops in Afghanistan, doubling our troop presence there. Obama swore he would repeal the Patriot Act. Guess what? He voted for its reinstatement. Hmm. <sighs> Obama decried wiretapping and then voted for FISA legislation. Hmm. Obama said he would veto any bill that gave telephone companies retroactive immunity from prosecution and then voted for that very thing. What's going on? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Obama told factory workers that he would re renegotiate NAFTA and GATT, saying, quote, and this is a quote here, it is absolutely true that NAFTA was a mistake. That's a quote from Obama. Oh. But then senior economic advisor Austin Goolsby, Goolsby, <laughs> told officials at the Canadian consulate in Chicago that this was all just rhetoric, according to the New York Times. So, you know, what's going on? Flip-flopping yeah. all over the place. Obama's first week in office, he signed an executive order, which supposedly closed Guantanamo Bay in all secret prisons. But what it actually said was that Obama was thinking about closing Guantanamo Bay in a year mm. and explicitly authorized renditions for counterterrorism, i.e. sending them to black sites overseas. Mm. Now, I... I'm sorry to kind of just go rapid fire. I mean, there's a lot of lies here, um, but sadly, there are many, many more. Well, he forgot one, the tan suit. Um, hello, the worst of all. Well, we missed it. I don't know if that's a lie. Oh, uh, true. Um, it's not good. Yeah, I well, don't think that's a lie. That so. It's a lie that Obama is a human being. He's actually a right. disease disguised <laughs> as a president with the tan suit holding <laughs> that disease in. We've smelled the sulfur. We've seen the flies. Yeah, yeah we, we learned that in the Lyndon LaRouche series, if you want to know more about the exactly. that's true. The disease disguised as a president. And you know, like I said, and like Alex Jones says, Obama just lied every day of his life. But Alex Jones can't cover all the lies saying this, quote, If the makers of this film attempted to cover all of Obama's lies, this documentary would never be released because there are new ones every day. Are we, are we talking about Obama or Trump? I, I Sorry, I was like fell asleep for a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're talking about Obama. Didn't he say the same thing in the 9-11 road to tyranny? He's like, if we had all the evidence that showed the government, we would have a 10-hour documentary. Yeah, I think he said hundreds, hundreds oh, yeah, of right. hours. Hundreds of hours. So this is, this is even worse because it's infinitely long. <laughs> Continuing the quote. So in the interest of time, we are going to cover one more big one. Keep that one in mind, folks. <laughs> Barack and his handlers made the cornerstone of his campaign, keeping lobbyists and donors out of his administration. Within hours of being elected, Obama did a 180 and filled the White House and federal government with lobbyists and donors at all levels. And he was saying he was going to drain the swamp, and then he does this. Disgusting. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> It's uh, I can't even begin to recover from this fact, these facts. So who are these lobbyists? We have William Lynn, who was a Raytheon lobbyist. Uh, we have Geithner's chief of staff, Mark Patterson. He was a Goldman Sachs lobbyist. George Mitchell was a Saudi royal family lobbyist. We had Tom Daschle was a healthcare lobbyist. 
And Leon Panetta, who was selected to head the CIA, Alex Jones describes him as, quote, the king of Wall Street lobbyists. Wow. So he's the king. really important. And it should also be mentioned after listing just these few names, Alex Jones then says, and many more. And <laughs> one thing I know from reading student papers is that when they say and many more, that means there are no more. <laughs> and that they, you know, they just, it's just a way of pretending like they have way more evidence than they do. So I don't know if that's what Alex Jones is doing, but. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Now, after discussing this one last big lie, Alex then turns around and says, Obama launched, quote, a new lie more outrageous than the previous. And just in, in case you're not following along, Alex Jones said he was only going to cover one more lie. So I guess he's just flip flopping here. <laughs> God, it's really what disturbing. Is, what is he, John Kerry? Yeah. We need, you know, swift vote. Yeah. Info Warriors for French. Truth. We got to find out yeah. what's going on with this documentary. <laughs> so what is this one big lie that tops them all? Alex Jones says this, quote, with Academy Award level conviction, he said he was upset about the banker bailout, which his own chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, another former Wall Street executive, helped engineer. Ooh. So what? how did this manifest? He signed exec, an executive order which capped the salaries of CEOs of the companies that took bailout money. But all major banks and brokerage firms were exempt, of course. Of course. And the executive order only dealt with future bailouts. <laughs> it was also built on an honor system with no indication about how enforcement would work. Quote, bottom line, Obama is a fantastic actor and an even better liar. Well, acting is lying, so I mean... <laughs> That's it, true. It just follows naturally. You didn't even have to say it. it's kind of tautological, I think. Also, we have to we have to wonder too if a disease can fool us into thinking it's a president. That's a hell of a talented disease that we should yes, it is. really study. <laughs> so Alex Jones has buttered us up with all the lies. Obama said what his agenda was gonna be, it was all garbage. So mm -hmm. what is Obama's true agenda? Obama really has a 10-point agenda first. Bring the US into complete regulative control of private offshore superbank known as the Bank of the World. This will include hundreds of new taxes to curb so-called greenhouse gases. The emphasis on so-called. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so absolutely emphasis on that. Two, Obama is going to put in place the most oppressive police state in human history, including 20,000 army troops for domestic security, FEMA camps, a 1 million strong civilian army recruited via usaservice.org and forcible conscription of everyone between 18 and 25 into, quote, national service. Obama's also, and I know you all saw this coming, confiscate every single one of our guns. Eric Holder is going to be able to ban any gun he wishes wow. at will. Oh, damn. All you shooting sports will be banned and psychological screening will be required to keep guns. You know, I was going to say I can't think of a more reasonable sounding legislation, but um, <laughs> I was also thinking that C of O, College of the Ozarks, would be fucked. They wouldn't be able to have their freshman rifle training. Yeah, that's they uh, would. that patriotism course is done. It's shut down. I mean, let's get real. College of the Ozarks isn't going to survive the Obama <laughs> tyranny. It's that's just true. it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Next on the agenda is restricting the First Amendment via the, quote, fairness doctrine for talk radio, cable news, and the internet, 
and hate speech legislation. Obama is also going to federalize health care, which requires rationing care and restricting procedures for the handicapped and elderly, i.e. death panels. We're going to get death panels. This isn't to be confused with the other type of death panel and private health insurance <laughs> in which wealth determines your quality of health care. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. that's that is definitely that is definitely not rationing care. That's not what happens with private medical insurance. That's not distributing goods and services. It's only when the government does right. it and have you, that it's distributing yep. goods and services. You and have you guys noticed there's this bizarre thing with Alex Jones where, well, which is it? Is it the federal government that's the main enemy or these like corporations that are the main enemy? And it's like, you can never quite tell. You can never tell. And I also feel like it depends on who's president <laughs> where it. it seems like he'll, he'll go kind of to the left. He'll like, he'll have, more lefty anti-corporate rhetoric yeah during the bush years yeah exactly and then when it's obama he goes a little bit more to the right in terms right. of the rhetoric and yeah. then um, and the next president's totally pro-executive branch no problems there right also yeah. the police suddenly the police aren't really a, a target of criticism anymore which is interesting yeah it's it's weird how that happened yeah like all of a sudden corporations like twitter and youtube are the enemy it's like what exactly next obama is going to expand the department of defense budget and send more troops overseas to surround Russia, China, and Iran, and also set up African bases to dominate Africa via AFRICOM. AFRICOM sounds almost as cool as Space Force. Yeah. <laughs> almost. And AFRICOM is real, just in case you wanted to know. So there is something that is real that has that cool name. It sounds like a G.I. Joe action set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Obama also is going to seek federal control over family farms and ranches via animal ID and premise ID systems. What the fuck? How else are farm animals going to be able to get into bars, though? They don't have IDs. Yeah, no, they're done. Bullshit. No more drinking for cows. <laughs> <laughs> and this next part of the agenda is kind of mild, frankly. Obama is going to merge us with Canada and Mexico via the Security and Prosperity Partnership. <laughs> you know, whatever. That's not a big deal. Just <laughs> ending our sovereignty. Let's just throw that in the middle of this list. <laughs> Next, Obama is going to convince the people of the United States that he is actually in control because he is the one who has to take the blame when he is out of office, just like Bush and Clinton before him. You see, this is how the NWO works. They build somebody up. They have him as the front man. And then they have them fall, so everyone blames them instead of the Bilderbergs and the quote-unquote European banks. Oh. Right. Got it. Makes sense. And speaking of being frontman, the last thing on Obama's list is to sell the public on globalist policies and make sure none of the oligarchs are prosecuted. And the one thing that we have that Jones didn't is the benefit of hindsight, and so we know that every single one of these items was, in fact, instituted by President Obama. I'm not in a closet because it's better recording quality. I'm in the closet. It's lined with aluminum foil. It's a Faraday cage. Nice, so I can nice. escape the Obama tyranny that has befallen us. Perfect. Okay, but that's, you know, that's a little serious. Let's, let's lighten it up a bit. And one of the most famous, or I should say infamous aspects of Alex Jones's program during the Obama years was his Joker rant. Which is a very timely section, given that uh, the film Joker is about to release here. Or it is. Yeah, man, we can get a sponsorship. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> 
And so I think most of our audience has probably seen, we'll throw it up on the Instagram, the picture of Obama with the makeup of the joke of Heath Ledger's Joker. I think a lot of people have seen that. You might not know the origin of it, though. According to The Telegraph, in January 2009, Firas Al-Khatib is the one who created that image of Obama as the Joker. Al-Khatib himself did not intend the image to be a political statement. He says he was just bored. But then an anti-Obama critic took the image, slapped the word socialism underneath it, and a political poster was born. That's all it takes. You just got to yep. put a word on there and <laughs> and you are the new... You are the new uh, the new Thomas Paine of our generation. And as we all know, the Joker and all of his exploits in the entire Batman franchise was always trying to institutionalize socialism. That he is was. Yes. clearly the Joker's yep. M.O. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I that's what's interesting about the new Joker movie. If I understand right, he's a devouted Trotskyist, I believe, which I was a. Uh, which, you know, that makes sense given what I know about the comics. The big plot twist is uh, he's a Bernie supporter. Now, this is great as a political poster, of course. You know, we got Obama as the Joker. We've got socialism. But it had one fatal flaw, and that's that it didn't bring enough attention to Alex Jones himself. <laughs> that's the main problem. Yeah, that's a problem. And so he decided to remedy that on August 7th, 2009, by holding the, quote, Obama Joker $1,000 video contest. Ooh. The goal of the contest was for InfoWarriors to film themselves placing InfoWarriorized versions of the Obama Joker poster wherever they were legally allowed to. Whoever sent in a video showing themselves putting up the most such posters or putting the posters up in the, quote, biggest way would win a thousand bucks. And these new versions of the poster, they replace socialism with New World Order, fascism, and of course, Infowars.com. Now, while the contest on its own, it probably wouldn't have gathered too much attention outside of the Infowars crowd. The video announcing the contest was a very different story. <laughs> Alex Jones wears full Joker makeup and rants about how the elite are laughing at us while they are enslaving us and forming a one-world government. And I have to say, I was kind of unimpressed with how he did it because, you know, he didn't even do the white paint over his hands. I mean, even mm. Justin Trudeau yeah. knew when you're going to do blackface, you got to do the hands too. So I was really disappointed that Alex Jones, you know, couldn't bother to go all the way. Or fucking the way our, uh Put on gloves, purple gloves. Now, this... Alex Jones thinks, explains why so much of the New World Order agenda is done out in the open. This is kind of a thing we've talked about a few times on this series. It's because they get a kick out of their plan being public and the sheeple not catching on. <laughs> they, don't, they don't simply want total power and control of the planet. They enjoy watching people suffer and having all of their shenanigans and evil plans kind of halfway out in the open. Also, like, so Jones, Alex Jones is playing Joker where, you know, it started with the he, he did say Obama. He did say he did say he is an actor and he plays a character that is on record. Ah, that's true. <laughs> sure. But yeah, I think that's uh, 
I think you have a good point, Brent, is that I don't, it's kind of, he kind of switches it up. I think it's more just like shock value more than anything, right, more than like a really fully, right. Cause he's not really playing like the Obama Joker character. I don't know. It's yeah, not it's very just... well thought out is really at the end of the day, the explanation. And Alex Jones really brings the sociopathy and the evilness of the NWO home in this way. Quote, I'll tell you a little secret about psychopaths. They enjoy seeing the mindless slaves that they abuse groveling in fear and confusion not knowing what's happening to them. You see, <laughs> they is, get up on this. Which is how I felt when I watched because, this. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> what is because happening? the psychopathic bastards love laughing at us, the goal of the contest is to laugh right back at them. Mm. And surely not just to provide free advertising for InfoWars. That is definitely not <laughs> the purpose of this contest. Yeah, we've all heard, you know, the phrase fight fire with fire. This is fight laughter with laughter. Exactly. Jones wears the Joker makeup because he knows that his audience is too dumb to be scared by what is truly scary about the New World Order. Wow. And if you don't believe that interpretation, he basically says as much here, quote, I was about to say, that's just spin you're putting on it, Dylan. <laughs> no, no, it's no. not just spin, I swear <laughs> to the Lord. Quote, what's scary? Somebody in some clown makeup? Because that can get your attention. That freaks you out on a primitive level nightmares out of your subconscious but you're not afraid of some gentlemanly middle-aged man who sits there talking with a sweet calm voice but tremulating with power and dark ghosts of death god damn another good band name <laughs> it's really <laughs> that entire thing. dark ghosts of death <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking intense <sighs> now who he says this gentlemanly middle-aged man who is he talking about well while he's ranting about this He's holding up a book called Ecoscience, Population, Resources, Environment, and it was written by John P. Holdren, along with Paul R. Ehrlich and Anne H. Ehrlich. You know, honestly, John P. Holden wasn't a ghostwriter on these books. Rather, he was more specifically a dark ghost of death writer. So <laughs> uh, 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 it's a totally that's, different. That's why it's job. so spooky. It is. So now what's so special about this guy is that, well, he was actually, again, part of Obama's cabinet. I think <sighs> he was a science czar, if I'm not mistaken. Horrifying. And as Jones reads this book, it advocates... Poisoning the water supply, raising children in government dormitories and performing medical experiments on them, and bringing about, quote, total tyranny and putting implants in your body. Whoa. And no, he does not provide page numbers, unfortunately, and uh, the book is very long, so I kind of wish he would have done that. That's good, because numbers, you know, they all lead to numer numerology, which leads to Illuminati mind control, so. Yeah, that's like he's trying to protect our fragile minds. Is he talking, so total <laughs> tyranny and putting implants in your body, is he talking about, like, fake boobs? Oh, it could be, I think. To get boobs, yeah. I think all of them. I think the NWO wants to put every type of implant in you. Maybe a calf implant. I remember seeing that on TV. That was fucking weird. That was weird. Um, you know, you know, maybe a butt implant. You know, the kids are oh, into yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah. might be. That's probably where the butt craze came from. The oh, NWO download process. They wanted to expand our minds in terms of what kind of implants we could get, and they're hiding the chips. That's the mark of the beast. Six six six. It's inside the big big butts. It's inside the calves. Now, what about Barack Obama specifically? Well, as we've already mentioned, he's the front man. So Barack Obama, 
you know, he's just another teleprompter reading face of the elite. And this is something that he hits on so many times that Obama dares to read from a teleprompter, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. seems very, you know, kind of not a big deal compared to the, you know, murdering billions of people. But like, this is what Alex Jones is really upset about. And I, I remember in an that. I remember there was uh, this whole thing in all of, all of right wing media talking about how Obama relies too much on the teleprompter. And isn't that don't all presidents it's as long as yeah. the teleprompter has been in existence, haven't they all used a teleprompter? Right. I mean, except perhaps the current president who oh, right. yeah. goes off he's, script. Maybe that's why he likes him so much. He's a stable genius. You don't need it. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Trump is the only president I wish never used a teleprompter yeah, because right. when he does, it's just objectively not a good performance. No. <laughs> but so besides the teleprompter, Alex Jones says that Barack Obama loves all of this shit. And Alex Jones eloquently and totally not racistly puts it this way, quote, he loves the pimp game. He loves defrauding the bitches. Whoa. Not not racist at all. Jesus. Not at all. (laughs) This is just white, black, Asian, Hispanic. He would have described all of them in this exact same way. (laughs) We just know he would have. Now, after discussing how Obama loves conning people and how the elites love it when troops die from inhaling depleted uranium, there is a cut to the production crew. Two of them are standing up with rubber clown masks on. One of them opted for just a like Bozo the Clown style wig and a red nose. And another was lazy and went for the red nose along with a toy gun. Oh, so this, this crew is, they just cut to this crew watching Alex Jones rant <laughs> from behind the monitors. Not even a basic cheap Halloween store white clown face makeup. I mean, come on. That's like a dollar. No, just a red nose. It okay, was really, okay. that one guy was really sad. Now, Cutting back to Alex Jones, he is pissed Mm. that we care more about the Joker than the elite funding murderous regimes. Quote, that's a lot more evil than somebody in a movie like, I'm afraid the commissioner is going to be killed and all this crap. (laughs) Real evil is all around you in fine suits and perfectly cut hair. You know, it's we. I actually didn't picture Alex Jones as a supporter of like the the hippie look. Um, perfectly cut mm, hair. Yep, okay. What, yep. what are we? You know, what what are we talking? Established beards here, or what? What's going on? Oh yes, those beards are very established because they're part of the establishment. Oh, you see what I'm saying? There's this part about nine minutes into the video where Alex Jones is ranting in the background, and there are all these images flashing on a TV. Um, an image of Ron Paul, obviously, and then followed by an mm, image yes. of Obama waving but clearly it's meant to look like he's doing the nazi salute while jones rants about david rockefeller and then finally just an image of an actual sheep just to rub it into his uh, audience's (laughs) face (laughs) i gotta say i have to say you know i understand we need a nice metaphor for people who aren't thinking and who are ignorant but can we leave the sheep alone like poor guys do we know how smart sheep actually are Is there any reason to believe they're any dumber than, say, a dog or a cat or a horse? Leave the sheep alone. Seriously. Sheep's lives matter. They do. So after some maniacal laughter and telling his audience that they are slaves, there is another cut to the production crew focusing on one in a rubber clown mask gently caressing a knife. It's on him for like what feels like 30 seconds of you hear Alex Jones ranting and he's just got his th- his finger just going up and down this knife. You know, journalism. It's j- j- journalism. And then it cuts back to Alex. You know, he's ranting about all these elite crimes. And then he has kind of a weird segue that kind of that really comes out of nowhere. Quote, 
Let's go to every town hall meeting they're having and tell them we don't want their carbon tax. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good Alex Jones. Oh, thank you. Because after all, not even the Joker could come up with something as asinine, Alex Jones's words, as carbon (laughs) dioxide being toxic. (laughs) After all, we all know CO2 is what plants crave. It's how they grow. Besides Brando. Yeah. You know, I you know, I don't really care what people say. Some think Jack Nicholson was the best Joker on the big screen. Some say it's Heath Ledger. Joaquin Phoenix now is in the mix. I still think Alex Jones played the role the best. Seeing the Joker mm, yeah, talking about carbon absolutely. tax. Yes. See it at him talking about the carbon tax is perfectly encapsulates the whole DC comic saga, in my opinion. And now, so far, as a piece of just pure performance art, the rant is doing pretty well so far. You know, Alex Jones is pumped up. He's delivering his lines in a very aggressive manner. <laughs> but sadly, it has this weird anticlimactic moment at the end where Alex Jones can't remember the actor in a movie (laughs) and we're just going to have to play that for you. We're just going to have to play that now and let you be the judge. They've got the famous actor in there before he talks to him. He says, yeah, just like we staged the Gulf of Tonkin and other terror attacks. And then the villain goes, yes, well, now I'm poisoning the different products. And when they combine them together, it poisons them. (laughs) That was people 15 years ago or whenever that movie came out. It's got the guy who gives him the gold watch in the Pulp Fiction. What's that guy's name? Which Batman is that? That's Batman 2. Burmus, look at you in there. Go find out which one that is and give me the name. Christopher Walken. Walken. It's that one. He talks about the Gulf of Tonkin. Now they're poisoning the food and water. So another reason we wanted to end with that here is because... Brent has um, bit of a lighter has the unfortunate topic. duty. Yeah, maybe a lighter topic. Brent has uh, he has something to say about Sandy Hook because uh, Alex Jones has said some things about Sandy Hook. Yeah, just a few things. Um, so I have One to or two things. Yeah, yeah, just a few couple, just a couple little things. So I also want to recommend again, we we um, we really do recommend the podcast Knowledge Fight. I was listening to them the other day. They actually a few episodes back have a really good in-depth microcosm look at this whole Jones Sandy Hook time frame. So they they do an excellent job. Check them out. Yeah, they do. Um, they have episodes that cover the days when these things happened. Yep. And they follow kind of in real time how Alex Jones kind of improvised what his take on these tragedies was going to be. Okay, so on December 14th, 2012, the deadliest mass shooting at a U.S. school occurred at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. A 20-year-old Adam Lanza stormed into an elementary school armed with a semi-automatic rifle, shotgun, and two handguns, shooting and killing 26 people, which included six adult staff members, 20 children between the ages of 6 and 7 years old. Before driving to the school, Adam Lanza shot and killed his mother. So following the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School, he turned a gun on himself and committed suicide. In 2013 report issued by the Connecticut State Attorney's Office, it concluded that Lanza acted alone, planned the attack on his own. 
A report by the Office of the Child Advocate the following year stated that Lanza had Asperger's syndrome and suffered from anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder as well. The report said, quote, his severe and deteriorating internalized mental health problems combined with an atypical preoccupation with violence and access to deadly weapons proved a recipe for mass murder. And one thing I want to mention is I don't want I just want to make it clear that people who suffer from mental illness, people who suffer from, um, you know, anxiety, depression, um, Asperger syndrome are much more likely to be the victims right yes. of violent crime much more likely than they are to be the uh perpetrators of violent crime you know i don't want to you know i don't know the details here i don't want to say that you know that had nothing to do with this case but i think it's very easy and somebody like alex jones for example to scapegoat mental illness as this is the only relevant factor right here. there's so many other factors yeah and so i just i just felt it was important to kind of say that up front and okay and that's of course all horrible and you know what actually happened um the day of the tragedy but you didn't come here for what really happened or facts you came here for alex jones <laughs> so <laughs> so what did he think of the fourth deadliest mass shooting in american history well let's see uh, okay, so from an if it was video titled, quote, Connecticut school massacre looks like false flag, says witnesses. Jones bring up, brings up the usual inside job greatest hits, such as were there other shooters there or was, you know, there mass shooting drills going on the days prior to the massacre? You know, remember, guys, he's just asking questions. So here's just a few highlights from this video, the same video, quote, You've heard me say, look for a big mass shooting in schools. We got to find the clips. In the past two months, I probably said it 20 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not, and to be clear, Alex Jones didn't say to look for a big mass shooting in school because we have a serious problem of gun violence no, 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 no. in this country. It's because it's going to be fake. I just, you know, I, I want to totally different. make sure we all understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of matters. Okay. Continuing with another quote. So don't ever think the globalists that hijacked this country wouldn't stage something like this. They kill little kids all day, every day. And it's not our government. It's the globalists. And that is an inside job right there. Any way you cut it. And just again, I, I hate to keep doing this just to be clear. Um, this murder of children, according to Alex Jones, is completely fake. Right. What's real is the elite pedophile murders at the bohemian grove oh, that's the real is that the problem same of child murder that we have right. to face in this country is that the same bohemian grove that you can just walk right in uh yes yeah okay very easy to get in all right quote now that obama is coming in with gun control magically these shootings are popping up i said they are going to come after our guns look for mass shootings and magically it happens they are coming they are coming spoiler alert they didn't come and fire firearm sales skyrocketed. So Obama was the greatest salesman of firearms ever. I mean, I think the NRA needs to reevaluate his legacy. Uh, yeah, especially because one fun fact about the NRA that doesn't seem to get talked about enough is that the NRA is a trade lobby. Oh, They're yeah. like big pharma. And so like there's this whole idea like we're we're about the Second Amendment. You know, it's like if big pharma companies were able to convince you this is about the freedom to smoke weed or whatever. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah. they want to help gun makers sell guns. Yeah. And so, it. yeah, they should. I mean, exactly. they should have loved Obama. 
So in the deposition of Alex Jones, the lawyers of the parents of the victims of Sandy Hook play a video clip of Jones from April 16, 2013, where he says, quote, folks, they staged Fast and Furious. They staged Aurora. They staged Sandy Hook. The evidence is just overwhelming, and that's why I'm so desperate and freaked out. This is not fun. Someone's going to tell got to tell you the truth. Someone's got to stand up to these people. And okay, so not to get too far ahead of myself, but quote, these people Jones is so brave to stand up to um, are some of the family members of the murdered children in court. So that's that's great. All right. Yep, so that's and we'll talk about that in a second. Another clip from December 29th, 2014. Jones says, quote, it took me about a year with Sandy Hook to come to grips with the fact that the whole thing was fake. I mean, even I couldn't believe it. I knew they jumped on it, used the crisis, hyped it up. But then I did deep research and my gosh, it pretty much didn't happen. Pretty, pretty much. It pretty, pretty much, much didn't happen. Didn't happen. I just want to highlight <laughs> my that gosh. turn of phrase my gosh. right there. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> my gosh, guys. I also, you know, I, I really enjoy the touch of watching your language with this leave it to beaver. Oh, gosh. Oh, golly me talk while the content of what you're saying is utterly repulsive and disgusting. It's a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. And I think this I think this has there's two good points to bring these clips up. One is that Alex Jones 100 percent said that Sandy Hook was fake. And I just, you know, oh, yeah, think that should be blared from the rooftops. There's all this like, well, you know, I kind of I was just asking questions. He's right. not just asking no, questions. Yeah, yeah no more equivocating fake. about this. Second of all, let's say I believed Sandy Hook was fake. Let's say like I was like 99 percent sure I'm not going to risk. The fact that it's real to go after the parents of the grieving children. I, I think even if I was 99% sure, like this is one of the things that really disgusts me about this, is that even if you thought that, you know, why would you take a chance going after the parents? Right. The risk-reward factor. What's the fucking Exactly. Point? The he, reason why is because he yeah. was 100% sure, Dylan. That's why. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. yeah. There you go. 100% sure it was going to be good for his bank account. Yeah. <laughs> at least at the time. Uh, yeah, at the time. Okay, so on September 24th, 2014, on an InfoWars broadcast, Jones talks about how the parents of the victims are on film laughing, hmm. but then walk up to the camera and start crying while Jones makes a mocking crying gesture. Like, <laughs> wow. And okay, so that's horrible. And then on, an, on another InfoWars broadcast from 11-11-2016, Jones says, quote, then we see footage of one of the reported fathers of the victims, Robbie Parker, doing classic acting training Wow! where he's laughing and joking. And they say, hey, we're live. And he goes, oh, and then jo Jones again makes this, you know, mock cry and says sarcastically. And maybe that's real. I'm not sure. So, OK, I, that's. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wow. classic acting training. That's not even what most classic of the acting. Sandy Hook truthers said. It was like. He was just out of character and then went into character. So right. classic acting training. Wow. Okay. Anyway. And this is so Trumpian. If you are really sure it is real, then why are you saying any of this? I don't get it. Because uh, it's better for his paycheck. Oh. I mean, at the end of the day. Oh. I mean, well, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm grateful, though, that as we're going to get into, in the at the end of the day, maybe not so good for his paycheck. No. It's not. That doesn't make up at all for this noxious bullshit, yep. but at least it's something. Exactly. Another claim Jones has made on his show about Sandy Hook was that the kids were led with hands above their heads in circles in and out of the school. 
he shows a clip, but it's actually not this cool. Sorry. Oops. But the firehouse and they aren't children, but the parents are the children. You know, honestly, I just envisioned Jones on his show yelling, these kids are marching in a circle with their hands raised above their heads. Then he cuts to a clip of the parade of children at the rainbow gathering. So it's like, might as well just show that. Another claim Jones made is that he saw footage of the Sandy Hook school, which showed it wasn't even a functioning school, guys, from 2009 to 2011. But rather, it's old and dilapidated and falling apart. The lawyers in the deposition show Jones a video clip of the actual school before the shooting, which, you know, looks like a normal elementary school, and ask him to confirm what he just saw with his own eyes, that the building was, you know, did not look like it was rotting or falling apart or abandoned. And Jones responds with, quote, it looks dilapidated. This is just pure doublethink. Just pure. This is O'Brien getting that at the like the end of 1984 O'Brien getting the paper throwing it into the memory hole and then saying you didn't give me anything that, this is just pure pure double thing so he also said that they wouldn't let EMTs into the school building okay I guess though I personally would have went with they did allow EMTs into the building but those EMTs were actually crisis responder actors so that oh. would have been a better it's all acting. Everything's like Truman Show over here. Yeah, I guess the I think the EMT union would have made that difficult. <laughs> they, uh, they, the cabal, they own and control everything but the EMTs. Yep. Those are the only people they can't buy. Oh. <laughs> okay, so January 13th, 2015, Jones says on his show, quote, Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake with actors, in my view, manufactured. I couldn't believe it at first. I knew they had actors there clearly, but I thought they killed some real kids. And it just shows how bold they are that they clearly use actors. The sky is now the limit. Again, like Forrest said, I think in a previous episode recently, I just want to take a moment to bask in the irony of Alex Jones calling people actors staging events while his pick for president was a reality show star. So there's there's this kind of thing going on. Also, just how without a beat goes from what I thought they killed a few kids, but I guess they didn't just how like doesn't know like it doesn't matter for him. Yeah. Whether or not they actually killed kids or it was all fake. It's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah. Which is just just incredibly disgusting and disturbing. Very disturbing. On November 11, 2016, Alex Jones had a message to the Sandy Hook victims' parents on his show saying, quote, And so if children were lost at Sandy Hook, my heart goes out to each and every one of those parents and the people who say they are parents I see on the news. The only problem is I've watched a lot of soap operas. What? Why would you admit that? And I've seen (laughs) actors before. And I know when I'm watching a movie and I know when I'm watching something real. I've seen hours and hours of One Life to Live. All my children, General Hospital. I am a true student of the theater. And I know when someone's faking and when they're not. I, I, that is his that is his school for knowing the theater. when a false flag crisis actor situation is happening. He saw just years of watching shows where people get killed. And then it turns out they didn't and they had amnesia <laughs> and they come back and then up. Oh, it turns out they're a vampire. That is the basis. That's right. For Alex Jones <laughs> judging the Sandy Hook parents. All right. So on Infowars from October 26, 2017, Alex Jones says, quote, and I forgot in the documents, the CIA visited Lanza and reportedly recruited him about a year before the shooting. I mean, they bulldozed the house to get rid of it. 
I don't know what really happened at Sandy Hook, folks. We looked at all the sides. We played devil's advocate from both sides. But what? But I mean, it's as phony as a $3 bill. <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, excuse me. Something was stuck in my fucking throat. <laughs> you must be eating too many hot peppers. Okay. No, no chili. Oh, that's don't. probably it. Too much chili. Too, too much, much chili. chili. <laughs> I'm going to need it to forget this fucking episode because these fucking disgusting bastards. <laughs> All right, well, I've titled this section The Parents of the Victims of Sandy Hook Get Payback. Woohoo! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! In April of 2018, parents of two children murdered in the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre filed defamation lawsuits against Alex Jones. The New York Times reported the lawsuits, quote, represent the first civil action taken by parents accusing Mr. Jones of defamation. So Neil Heslin, the father of six-year-old Jesse Lewis, and Leonard Posner and his former wife, Veronique de la Rosa, parents of six-year-old Noah Ponzer, sought more than one million in damages in separate lawsuits. These two defamation cases were filed in Alex Jones's current city of residence, Austin, Austin, Texas. Which was a strong move on their part because we know he does not have a driver's license because he had to give them the mark of the beast. That's true. So definitely power play. It's a power play by those lawyers. According to an NPR article, quote, the lawsuits chronicle a number of articles published on Infowars.com as well as broadcasts hosted by Jones, wherein he is sometimes joined by reporter Owen Schroyer or an unnamed producer... Keep that in mind, in which the plaintiffs say he waged a, quote, years long campaign to convince their audience that Sandy Hook was faked and that the parents are lying. Hmm. Wait, 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 guys. Is this unnamed producer? Mr. Producer? Of Mark Levin show? Or is that just... <laughs> it could be. I think it could be. I thought Mr. Producer he's, is Satoshi. He's producing <laughs> all kinds of horrible shit. Forget right. Mr. Show and forget Mr. Robot. Yes. I want to see Mr. Producer. Me too. All right. According to the case involving Ponzer and De La Rosa, the court documents point out a specific episode that Jones aired on April 2017 called Sandy Hook Vampires Exposed. (laughs) So this episode, Jones accuses CNN of using a series of green screens in their coverage of the shooting's aftermath. Jones points out that video footage of Anderson Cooper was full of glitches due to the placement of green screen. Yeah, his nose disappears. But that's just how Anderson Cooper's nose is anyway. It just disappears here and there. Yeah, I mean, because he's a reptile. I mean, that's just normal. I mean, um, I I don't think, yeah, they're not, it's not that they're faking Sandy Hook. It's that it's just the regular reptile news. Good point. Okay. In Heslin's lawsuit notes, it states that the case, quote, arises out of an accusation by Infowars in the summer of 2017 that plaintiff was lying about whether he actually held his son's body and observed a bullet hole in his head. The heartless and vile act of defamation reignited the Sandy Hook false flag conspiracy and tore open the emotional wounds that plaintiff has tried so desperately to heal. These families filing defamation lawsuits against Jones also say Jones' unfounded allegations against them as crisis actors have led to death threats by some InfoWars listeners. Both lawsuits mention Florida resident Lucy Richards, who was sentenced to five months in prison for threatening Ponsner. The judge in the Lucy Richards case said that upon release, Richards would, quote, not be permitted to access a list of conspiracy-based websites upon her release, including InfoWars. Mrs. Richards' arrest and sentencing are an ominous reminder of the danger posed by Mr. Jones's continuing lies about the plaintiff's alleged role in faking Sandy Hook. It's, it's hard for me to step into the shoes of a parent whose child was murdered 
And then you're getting death threats and you're getting harassed by these just pieces of human no, garbage. it's really the most disgusting fucking thing you can possibly think of. I'm just speechless. I'm speechless. I mean, I, I've actually seen like a documentary on one poor guy that has to actually move from place to place because of all the death threats that he gets. I mean, after having that happen to your child and then having to move from place to place to avoid psychos that want to kill you after that, I mean, it must, the mental health of these parents must be just, I can't even imagine, to be honest. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. All right. So in January of 2019, the families of four children and two educators, victims of the Sandy Hook Elementary School mass shooting, won a legal battle over Alex Jones. The families sued Jones and Infowars for defamation, accusing Jones of perpetuating a, quote, monstrous, unspeakable lie that the Sandy Hook shooting was staged and that the families who lost loved ones that day are actors who faked their relatives' deaths. According to the Daily Beast, quote, a judge in Connecticut granted the family's discovery requests on Friday, which gives them access to Infowars, internal marketing and financial documents. The judge's ruling allows the plaintiffs access to any communications Jones had about the 2012 massacre and to documents that could point to the inner workings of Infowars. Jones has sought to dismiss the lawsuit. Okay, so let's skip ahead, guys, to June 14, 2019, where Alex Jones goes off on a five-minute diatribe saying his computer was hacked and child pornography planted onto the InfoWars server. Wow. Yeah. He blamed Norm Pattis, the lawyer representing the Sandy Hook families who are suing him. Wow. So And just another wow. little Indeed. cherry on top of this whole thing. Just, yeah. And then, what? yeah, okay, so... Child pornography is planted onto the InfoWars server. Hmm. Like, <laughs> is this a false flag? Yeah. My So my understanding about that issue is that it was actually somebody did kind of attack InfoWars by emailing them yeah, child porn. Spam stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then when InfoWars handed over all their files to the lawyers for the Sandy Hook parents... They were like, oh, there's child porn on here. We need to report it to the authorities because that, right. that's just how that works. Right. Um, and so then Alex Jones went ahead and and claimed that either I, they put it on there or they were lying about it um, because yeah, um, he is just a irredeemable piece of shit. Yeah. One way to avoid all this happening is to not um, blame the victims of parents who have been, uh, you know, that have their kids murdered in shootings. So let's yeah. just start there. Yeah, it's. It's interesting seeing this in comparison to 9-11, for example, right. where it's almost like there's too many victims and there's nobody to really like latch on to. Like there weren't really like these were the like the 9-11 like families. If, if I don't know if that makes sense, where with like Sandy Hook, you had a fairly small number of direct victims. Yeah. The, the parents like you had a small number, whereas with something like 9-11, you don't have that. Right. And so Alex Jones and his disgusting cronies, they didn't have anybody to kind of latch on to as like a, a crisis actor in the same way. All right. So the Connecticut judge sanctioned Jones for, quote, what she called a despicable tirade against the attorney representing the families of victims of the school shooting. So in this despicable tirade, Jones offers a one million bounty for any Ofa warrior who could find the hacker, saying, quote, we all know who did it. You're trying to set me up with child porn. I'm going to get your ass. 
One million dollars. One million dollars, you little gangbanger. One million dollars to put your head on a pike. One million dollars, bitch. I'm going to get your ass. You're not going to ever defeat Texas, you sacks of shit. Wow. However, Texas did eventually defeat Alex Jones when in early (laughs) September of this year, the Texas Court of Appeals struck down his appeal of a suit against him. He was also ordered to, quote, pay all costs to the legal effort. No heads were ever put on spikes. And I mean, let's get real about Alex Jones. He was already defeated by Texas (laughs) because he wouldn't give his thumbprint. That's true. That's all it really took. (laughs) That's true. And so, I mean, we already knew he was going to lose, like just watching that first documentary uh, because he is uh, uh, weak and worthless and should never have been born. I was going to say, it's amazing how dark this Alex Jones series has gotten by the time we get to the Sandy Hook part. I know. Yeah. Well, we'll lighten stuff up with Donald Trump. All right. So Neil Heslin was the target of the appeal from Jones. He was the father of Jesse Lewis, the six-year-old boy who was murdered at Sandy Hook by Adam Lanza. As of this month, there are nine family members who lost children in the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School that are suing Alex Jones for defamation due to Jones's claiming the shooting was a hoax and the victims were simply, quote, crisis actors. However, Jones appears to loosen up and take a little vacation from his conspiracy nuttery. He said during a deposition in the Texas lawsuit that he, quote, almost had like a form of psychosis back in the past where I basically thought everything was staged, even though I'm now learning a lot of times things aren't staged. I guess, you know, like we said earlier, Jones just sees himself as Truman in the Truman Show. Yeah. You know, I I went through this form of psychosis where I thought murder was legal and that it was i thought every murder was legal and now i'm realizing hey they're not legal i I, I like is that can i use that defense now yep it works also in the deposition jones accused his mental state at the time of sandy hook on quote the trauma of the media and the corporations lying so much and then everybody everything then everything begins you don't trust anything anymore kind of like a child whose parents lie to them over and over again well pretty soon they don't know what reality is what yeah whatever jones blame mom and dad ink whatever got it (laughs) yeah all right but don't worry in case you were concerned that jones may be seeing things the way they actually are it's not true alex jones goes full alex jones by sweeping in a dose of nonsense for good measure in the same deposition Quote, I still think that there was a man in the woods in camo and just a lot of experts I've talked to, including retired FBI agents and other people and people high up in the central intelligence agencies have told me that there was a cover up in Sandy Hook. Yeah, a lot of people are saying a lot of people are saying Yeah, a lot of people are saying. Yeah, that's evidence. You know, there is actually a funny part in this deposition where the lawyers of the plaintiff asked Jones if he thinks all people wearing camouflage are involved in secret cover ups. He says, basically, no, I think regular people can wear camo, too. So that's nice. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's a nice touch. Like it, like all of his audience are wearing camo. Of course they can be. It's true. So, yeah, basically, I clearly do hate myself. I watched the entire Alex Jones deposition video on YouTube, and it's like three hours long. I don't ever suggest anyone do that. You are the hero we deserve. You are a hero, Brent. You know, he's still in, in, in that deposition. He, of course, is bullshitting and, and you know, saying that now he um, he got some bad information for some, quote, kooky sources that he now finds <laughs> to be false. <laughs> Jones says, quote, I believe children died. I believe there was a mass shooting. But he still stands up by his claim that there was a government government and a second shooter. And- There's a guy in the woods and it's a cover up, but it happened. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. But it happened. One thing about like on this on like this 
his attempt to excuse his behavior Mm -hmm. is there. This is going to sound bizarre, but there are responsible ways to have stupid beliefs about Sandy Hook. Yes. It's the problem isn't that he thought it was a false flag. Right. The problem was that he excoriated the parents whose children were murdered. Right. On his show over and over and over again. Yep. And in the piece of stochastic terrorism, his piece of shit followers harassed them and sent them death threats. Yep. No one cares what Alex Jones believes. Right. What they care about is sicking his fans on these poor, grieving parents. And so I fucking hate this attempt to excuse this behavior. Well, I had, you know, there was kooky sources. Who cares what you believe? Right. We care about what you did. Right. Right. Exactly. I agree. Yep. Me too. All right. So that was a fun little segment right there. You just, you know, I'm sure everyone feels lively and happy good about themselves right now. (laughs) Now we're going to go on to my section, which is about the great sellout to Donald Trump. (laughs) I I just have to say, um, this is probably one of the first times I've ever been relieved to focus intently on the subject of Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy now to get to Donald Trump. I can't believe it. So the great sellout to Donald Trump. As we all know, Alex Jones lives and breathes liberty, holds America on a pedestal, and is all about breaking the chains of global tyranny. A passionate supporter of Ron Paul during his 2008 and 2012 runs, Jones is on record as being vehemently against the surveillance state, torture, wars for oil, and government control of the economy. Thus, it was only natural that he backed Gary Johnson during the 2016 election. Of oh, course. wait, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, never mind. He backed Donald Trump. Oh, what? that's what? That's, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I thought he was Jill Stein Strange. for a second there. <laughs> Gary, you know, honestly, though, Gary Johnson would have been the actual choice because there's no way in hell he would have voted for Hillary either. Because, you know, since, quote, Hillary Clinton is a goddamn demon, according to him. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, you know, in fairness to Clinton, it's hard for politicians. The demon demographic (laughs) is crucial. That's true. In the swing states. And so you can't just cut that demographic (laughs) off. You've got to cater them. All right. So now here's just a few things that Donald Trump said on the campaign trail. So here's one quote. Trump on surveillance. He says, database is okay, and watch list is okay, and surveillance is okay. If you don't mind, I want to be, I want to surveil. I want surveillance of these people that are coming in. I want surveillance of certain mosques, okay? If that's okay, I want surveillance. And you know what? We've had it before, and we'll have it again. (laughs) My favorite part of this is, if that's okay, that's my favorite part. (laughs) Yeah, if, excuse me, pardon me. I would <laughs> like least, uh, to create a surveillance state. <laughs> At least he's trying to get the consent of the governed. So that's good. Right. This is very constitutional, <laughs> very Jeffersonian. Oh, of course. And my favorite part of this is that it reveals that for his whole career, what he was really against was surveillance of white people. Oh, like that is, Dylan, he, just, just he never mentioned that part. You're reading uh, too much into it, Dylan. Oh, is that what it is? I apologize. <laughs> just immigrants and Muslims. He's not racist. No. Now here's Trump on the curtailment of civil liberties. Quote, we're going to have to do things that we never did before. Some people are going to be upset about it, but I think that now everybody is feeling that security is going to rule and certain things will be done that we never thought would happen in this country in terms of information and learning about the enemy. And so we're going to have to do certain things that were frankly unthinkable a year ago. Trump on wars for oil, because we all know that Alex Jones was very against 
the United States going in to take Iraq's oil, which didn't actually That's happen. Right. But here's the quote from Trump. If we kept the oil, you probably wouldn't have ISIS because that's where they made their money in the first place. So we should have kept the oil. But okay, mm. maybe we'll have another chance. Oh, good. <laughs> yep, yep. You remember, neocons didn't steal the oil, but it's neocons who wants to steal the oil, not Trump. Just remember, that's why. <laughs> it's the neocon inside Trump's brain that wants to steal the oil. He's got to constantly fight the neocon inside of himself. Um, and also, but I, I just, I, this is just ridiculous. Everyone knows why ISIS was successful. It's because they got their hands on the mythical red mercury weapon. That's we all know. That's how they did it. It's totally real. And they were totally looking for it. Sounds real to me. Now we got Trump on torture. I mean, obviously, Alex Jones is really against the George W. Bush torture scandal. So you would imagine that Trump is his guy. He'd be very anti-torture, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So here's a quote. Would I approve waterboarding? You bet your ass I would in a heartbeat. I would approve more than that. It works. And if it doesn't work, they deserve it anyway for what they did to us. (laughs) (laughs) So efficacy be damned. It has nothing to do with that. They just deserve it. Actually, I'll tell you, though, what the terrorists really deserve is to be invited to Camp David. So that would be. Oh, that's nice. That's what fucking Jimmy Carter would want, fucking cuck. Yeah, I mean, with Trump, you never know. He's either going to nuke you or write you love letters. There's just yeah, no those are, yeah, exactly. It is really no tough. way to know. Those are the only options. So, you know, Trump on free trade. <laughs> we all know that Alex Jones is very anti-socialism, very pro-capitalism. And why yeah. would he want, you know, trade wars? Why would he want right. anti-free trade between nations? So here's yes. Donald Trump. Quote, trade wars are good and easy to win. I mean, so I want to actually, in defense of Alex Jones, he is very much against NAFTA and GATT and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, that's true because to might, them they don't consider that free trade; they consider it. Yeah, but, I don't know. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Whereas with like the Ron Paul people, they want to get rid of NAFTA, GATT, and just have it be between like corporation to corporation or individual to individual. Right. Yeah. Whereas Trump, Trump's not doing that. He's renegotiating no. like the Trump version of these. Yeah, that's deals. fair. That's fair. Everything runs through, yeah. runs through him. Yep. All right. So what's going on here? Why on earth would a paleoconservative slash classical liberal slash libertarian slash disbeliever in the false uh, left-right paradigm go all in on a clearly fascistic lunatic that would strip us of <laughs> all of our civil liberties in a millisecond if he had his way? Well, it turns out that even Alex Jones' former wife, Kelly Jones, is more than a bit perplexed about this. So, as she told David Pakman, quote, There was a time when liberals were really listening to Alex because he was never a partisan person. So all of a sudden, Alex's star starts rising when Roger Stone comes on the scene, and all of a sudden, Alex Jones is an actual, I mean, there's no way to look at him other than a propagandist. Because everything he said he was against, overreaching police actions, your papers, please, and all these things... He's absolutely gone against his core beliefs and expressed values, which I actually believe he believed. He'd stop at the border on the way in with a family vacation and make us endure him harassing border police. But now it's all great for Donald Trump, and it's highly concerning. This guy, Alex (laughs) Jones, he was not only partisan, he was anti-partisan. He would say, these are two sides of the same coin. It's a dog and pony show. Well, he's picked his coin, he's holding it up like a badge of honor, He's shining it on his shirt and he's holding it up and his name is Donald Trump and it makes zero sense for anybody who knows him. (laughs) And in case you were wondering, that coin has Trump on one side and Cyrus on the other. It is the Jim (laughs) Baker prayer coin that Alex Jones has tied himself to. 
All right, so what the fuck is going on here? Why the hell is Alex Jones such a huge Trump supporter, given that Trump supports a litany of New World Order-style totalitarian statism? Well, perhaps the answer can be found in an interview Alex Jones had with Donald Trump on InfoWars in 2015. During the interview, Alex flaunts Trump's supposedly anti-war position and says that Trump was the, quote, only leading American figure who openly said, do not go to war in Iraq. That is true. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure that's very, very true. Do your own research. We're not going to provide evidence. You have to. Trump responds with saying he's the most, quote, militaristic person there is. (laughs) 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 He's just everything all the time. The best at everything. Let's just get that out of the way. Yep. Um, He then says the biggest problem with the Iraq war is that we didn't take the oil. Jones agrees and angrily says, quote, the French and the Germans are getting the oil and the Iranians are getting the oil. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Wait, not, 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 not the Bilderberg group. (laughs) Famously (laughs) lacking oil. Iran definitely had to get Iraq's oil. (laughs) Alex Jones asks why the United States is not doing a better job of trying to hoard rare earth minerals. He says Trump is qualified to answer this because Trump is a, quote, top business guy on your own from nothing, oh, and, wow. which, by the way, is the most false thing, the most false thing ever stated <laughs> yeah, exactly. in none dare call it ordinary history, which is very impressive. <laughs> if our podcast could just get a tiny fraction of that and nothing Trump got, we, you know, we would be cranking out the content nonstop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trump is just like a self-subsisting entity. It just he brought himself out of the void into existence. And he's like, God, put yeah. his name on a hotel. Yahweh. No, remember, all he did was get a small loan of a million dollars from his father. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very yes. small loan. Yes. Trump uses his business acumen to say that the problem is that China is taking Afghanistan's minerals and we're not. Mm, He also doubles down on stealing Iraq's oil, stating that, quote, to the victors belong the spoils. Ah, yes. Classic Old Testament military philosophy. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Also, I like how apparently we won the Iraq war. I didn't realize... That was a cut and dry thing. I thought, you know, there was a lot of uh, stuff we still had to do there. So Alex tells Trump that he's got the right foreign policy ideas because they're strikingly similar to Vladimir Putin's. (laughs) Trump says that he thinks Putin is, quote, tough and, quote, smart. And he thinks he'd get along with him. Yep. And this segment is brought to you by Blackmail for Dummies. Now, now I'm paying. Oh, Brent. I know. You're right. You're right. Take off your tinfoil hat. To convince yourself that Alex Jones has been incredibly consistent on his attitudes about Vladimir Putin, just listen to the other three episodes of this Alex Jones series. (laughs) Yeah. You could test it for yourself. He went from being a false flag master to, you know, the leader of the nationalist liberation (laughs) movement from the New World Order. Yeah. So Alex tells Trump that 90% of his audience supports him and that Trump demonstrated, quote, knowledge of geopolitical systems. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Alex That's says true. that Hillary was recently caught in a lie about something that supposedly happened in Bosnia and tells Trump, quote, if you do that, you'd be done. <laughs> oh, wow. So, wow, we've now just surpassed the most false thing ever said on NDCIO history in just a few seconds. How That's like incredible. That? And the interview itself is evidence that that statement is totally false because he said a lot of (laughs) lies here and it doesn't seem to matter at all. So Alex Jones says he believes that Trump's chumminess with the Clintons pre-2015 is only about keeping his enemies close, but asks Trump to assure his audience that he's not a secret Clinton operative. Trump responds with, you know, I've never heard that. I've actually heard it a few months ago. (laughs) 
but I've hit her harder than anybody times 10. Mm, uh, yes, that's, he did. Yeah, that's true. He then goes into a long interlude about what a tremendous businessman he is and says he has to get along with the bad guys just to run his businesses. So bad guys is in the contractors he doesn't pay or am I? Yeah, I think those are the bad okay. guys. I also how Alex Jones has really embraced realpolitik <laughs> at, at this part of his uh, career. I like that, you know, not so black and white. Right. Alex Jones asks Trump about his views on libertarianism. Trump says that libertarianism is, quote, sort of interesting, but goes on to say that the problem with libertarians, though he appreciates them because they, quote, get it, is basically that they're a bunch of peaceniks and that we need big government for protection. Quote, we need bigger strength than the libertarians really want. (laughs) I think it's pronounced bigly strength, but yeah, I think that's right. Brent's right on that. Alex asks Trump who his favorite president is. Trump says Ronald Reagan is his favorite in the modern era. And Alex agrees. This is despite the fact that Alex Jones, in the documentary The Obama Deception, claims that every president after Kennedy is a New World Order stooge. Quote, John Fitzgerald Kennedy was the last true president of the United States. Oops. Also, when showing a picture of Reagan on the screen, no less, he says, quote, presidents are now little more than corporate pitchmen. Self-defeating. Reagan, he was a corporate pitchman, but <laughs> no big what deal. can you do? He's also a great president. Yeah. Remember, you got to keep your enemies closer <laughs> so he knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, I've never heard that, even though I heard it months ago. <laughs> All right. Trump tells Alex that the country is doomed if he doesn't win. And if he loses, he'll be watching TV someplace. <laughs> so basically the same thing as yeah, how right? he spends his time as president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. It just wouldn't be executive time if he had, well, if he had lost. Yeah. Trump ends the interview saying to Alex, quote, I just want to finish by saying your reputation is amazing. I will not let you down. You will be very, very impressed, I hope. And I think we'll be speaking a lot. A year into office, you'll be saying, wow, I remember that interview. He said he was going to do it, and he did a great job. (laughs) Okay, so Alex Jones doesn't support Trump for principled reasons. But why then? Why would a guy that supported Ron Paul now support Donald Trump? Well, it turns out that this is a trick question. Uh Kelly Jones was right. In the end, as with all things relating to Donald Trump, it makes zero sense. But actually, that was a trick answer. It's all because of money, duh. Yeah, Alex, I'll take pure gibberish for $100. Thank you. Yes, and with that pure gibberish, (laughs) that not only ends part four, but ends the series on Alex Jones. So, Brent, Forrest, what did you learn in this series? What most stuck out to you? I haven't been this relieved about ending a series since we ended the Lyndon yes. Rouge series. So, oh, and we, God. you know, honestly, we didn't, no we didn't even have time to talk show. about Pizzagate, like in detail. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, go listen to QAnon Anonymous. There's plenty of Pizzagate stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What did I learn? I think I learned that Alex Jones, at one point I thought he was authentic, even though he was crazy, but you've, I've come to learn that Alex Jones is actually not authentic at right. all. Yeah. And it's the same thing happened with Alex Jones is kind of the entire right wing. You like the evangelicals, they don't even pretend to really be supporting Trump for being like some great Christian pundits, right wing pundits on the news all the time. Let Trump get away with whatever lie he wants to get away with, whatever gibberish comes out of his mouth. They just defend it. And then Alex Jones goes against everything that seemed to be his principles. So yeah, yeah I Alex Jones. I think he's a kind of a kind of a con yeah. artist. I think we. Yeah, learned. I'd say yeah. I learned that there's no such thing as just a normal tragedy that happens. Every single event in human history is some sort of false flag cover up. <laughs> everything can be made into a cover up. Apparently, much. 
I mean, Alex Joe, the presidency of Donald Trump amazingly negates the entire worldview of all people like Alex Jones, mm-hmm. where like an outsider could never get in. It's only, it's all ruled by this tightly knit establishment that really controls the levers behind the scenes and democracy and partisan politics is all a charade. I mean, it turns out that's all just completely untrue. You could get an outsider in. The United States is a democracy for whatever flaws it has. And it turns out that it's the opposite now. It's not that, oh, the Democrats and Republicans are too similar. It's now that they're so dissimilar that nothing gets done and they hate each other all the time. So, I mean, it's just the entire worldview that Alex Jones built up up to this moment is just completely wrong. And the presidency of Donald Trump shows Also, I I wanted to say in my my Newtown part, guys, like and and Dylan's one that told me about that, that actual documentary called Newtown. It's horrible. Um depressing and you get to see yeah. like really what the the victims yeah. went through um so i recommend watching that and uh, Forrest, actually you didn't i know you've talked about your thoughts on like the new you know the newton like the uh, crisis actors and why you think um they are the way they are yeah oh, yeah you never mentioned that yeah so one thing that's really interesting to me that stuck out is that if you listen to the newtown parents mm-hmm. The way they speak and the way they carry themselves, they're unusually articulate and well-educated. And something about their demeanor and the way they speak, I think, strikes certain people in idiocracy as being inauthentic or fake. It's like Obama. (laughs) And that's like a truly awful thing that, I mean... Just because you're articulate and, you know, you can string together a sentence right. well, that somehow seems to make it as if you're a phony or... Yeah, some actor. I don't know. It's, it's just an extra level of horror right. that I seem to have uh, detected. So what about you, Dylan? What did you learn? Actually, really the same thing uh, Forrest said. And I think for, I don't want to say different reasons, but I think for a particular reason was actually that Joker rant of all things. Oh, yeah. I was watching that, and there was a couple of things that happened. One, it was that breakdown that we played where he can't remember the actor's name, Christopher Walken's name. There was also points when that we didn't really get into when he would cut to the production staff, and they were laughing. They were laughing because this was a performance, and it really hit me that this isn't about how the elite cabal laughs at us. This is Alex Jones laughing at us. Yeah. This is Alex Jones laughing at his audience who are buying all this bullshit and that this is just a pure con. I got to wonder, though, if in the very beginning, especially in the 90s, if Alex Jones Mm -hmm. was more authentic. And I'm wondering as as the money started pouring in and as the cognitive dissonance started to probably become more prominent. I mean, you would think that if you were some guy that was fighting the New World Order and they were all powerful... And if you try to expose them, they would kill you. You you would think that you wouldn't be allowed to have as big of a platform as he was able able to achieve. Yeah. And I'm yeah. wondering if at some point it became more just about the money and the theatrics. And I'm wondering if that really wasn't what, you know, I don't think that was his main prime motivation in the beginning. At least I don't, it doesn't seem that way. Especially because of how pared back the conspiracy was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean... In that first documentary that he made that we talked about, it was just the UN, really. The UN was the main bad guy, and they were buying public land in the U.S. to sell to corporations. It's kind of pedestrian (laughs) in a way, you know, compared to the Bilderbergs are heading this international globe that's going to literally murder like 95% of the population. Um, And so I wonder if 
he started with that core authentic view. And then as it grew, it became it's uh, here's a here's a here's a comparison I could think of that. It it sounds kind of strange. There's a YouTuber, um, uh, Frederick Knudsen, and he has a series called Down the Rabbit Hole. And he one of the kind of subjects that he likes to cover are Internet personalities and kind of how their fortunes like change and fall. And he covered this one guy who was a like a video game streamer and how it got he started because he liked playing video games. He liked talking about people. But then it follows him and how now he just does it for money. He does it because it pays the bills and it's like a skill he's gotten. Right. And so I wonder if something like that happened to Alex Jones, where hmm. yeah, it's it just started with this yeah. with this love and then it became a job. Yeah. Because, I mean, what else could Alex Jones do? I mean, <laughs> you know, right. at this point. And I think that just the last thing for me, besides him being a con artist, that kind of struck me is how. A lot, a lot of the topics that Alex Jones covers, I think, are actually worthy of discussion. So, you know, he talks about the population control stuff. And it's true that there were a lot of wealthy philanthropists, especially around the 60s and 70s, who were very, very interested in population control as a measure of fighting poverty. And there are questions about what's the relationship between national sovereignty and international organizations. And, you know, there were problems with the Obama presidency. And there, you know, there, there, these are all things to explore. And I think Alex Jones exploits that. Right. How, in general, we don't really talk about any issues on mainstream media. I mean, that's the main bias is sensationalism. And they're not going to, like, let's dig into the differences in healthcare policies between the candidates. It's all the, you know, the loud explosion, explosive (laughs) stuff. The the Michael Bay production values for Michael Bay stuff. (laughs) And so I think Alex Jones can then take advantage of some of these real issues. I think, you know, I think there's a question about what's the relationship between national sovereignty and international relations. And I think he exploits the fact that nobody else is talking about this stuff. To where, oh, like somebody is finally talking about the issues, even though he has a totally sick spin on the issues. And with that uh, very optimistic note, we are done with our Alex Jones series. And we are done. Thank you for listening to None Dare Call It Ordinary. You can find us on Twitter at NDCIO, Instagram at None Dare Call It Ordinary, and send us an email at None Dare Call It Ordinary at gmail.com. For only $1 a month, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash None Dare Call It Ordinary. For information on all our episodes, as well as links to our YouTube channel and Discord server, head over to our website at None Dare Call It Ordinary.com. As always, we ask that you please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever your podcasts are served.